we find a fascinating phenomenon in Parshas Vayetze, which takes the form of two incredible trials for two tremendous heroines in the Chumash. The two heroines in question are the two main wives of Yaakov Avinu. Of course, I'm talking about Rachel Imenu and Leah Imenu. We know the story of how Yaakov ends up marrying these two sisters. It begins with his full intentions of marrying the younger of the two, Rachel Imenu, and how Lavan pulls this switcheroo, places the firstborn Leah first, so that Yaakov would marry Leah, and then eventually Yaakov would marry Rachel afterwards. And the rest is basically history. But the more we learn about the story, giving it a simple read and just paying basic attention, the more we become exposed to the incredible challenges that these two women faced based on the family dynamic. And it wasn't just the fact that they were rival wives, which has its own basic challenges, but there was something way more piercing for the two of them. And it is as follows. The one thing that Leah wants the entire time, something which she cannot have, something that is reserved for Rachel, and that is the full measure of love from her husband. As much as Leah tries to win over her husband's love, she can't seem to do so. And so desperate is she to have this loving relationship with Yaakov, the Chumash goes as far as to describe Leah as hated, as sinua, and this, this expression of sinna, hatred, which may be a comparative expression, the fact that Yaakov loved Rachel more, so by definition, by comparison, Leah is more hated, or Leah is hated, period. And the point is, even if we don't want to take it literally, the fact is the harsh expression of the Chumash speaks for itself, so that however you want to look at it, Leah is thought of, at least by someone, if not just Leah herself, she is thought of as hated. Now, on the other hand, we have Rachel Imenu, where the one thing that she wants, the one thing that she cannot have, the one thing that Leah has, is children. Rachel Imenu is left barren, while Leah continuously gives birth to children. By the end of the Parsha, Leah has seven children, six of them are, are Shvatim, and Rachel just can't seem to have any children. So once again, on the one hand, Leah cannot win over the love of her husband, and Rachel simply cannot have children. And it begs the question, who has it worse? And the answer is, well, it might depend. Have you ever spoken to someone who is single for a long time and can't find a shidduch or perhaps someone who is stuck in a marriage where they don't feel the fulfillment that they want to feel that they don't feel loved in that relationship have you ever spoken to someone who is suffering from infertility someone who just cannot have children someone who sees their friends bearing children Everyone around them is bearing children. People who got married after them just keep popping out kids, and they're just left with, 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 with no, no baby 
to embrace. The point is that usually when it comes down to it, the Nisayon that we're most able to identify, that seems to be the one that's really difficult for us. And we know that sometimes, or uh, at least a lot of the time, we would not necessarily trade our Nisayon for someone else's. And that is because Hashem handpicks our Nisayonos for us, as difficult as they may be. But I think at the end of the day, when it does come down to it, Rachel and Leah both lacked the same thing. And it's something that we really all want. And that is they lacked shleimus. They lacked wholeness. They lacked a certain level of completion for whatever reason. For Leah, it was because she didn't really have Yaakov. And for Rachel, it was because she couldn't have children. But the point is, at the end of the day, we think that we want something, and we think we want something in particular. And it could be that is the thing that in our minds and our hearts, that's what's keeping us from feeling the feeling that we want to feel. But at the end of the day, the feeling that we want to feel is shleimus. We want to feel a sense of completion, a sense of fulfillment. And there are things that we assume, and maybe rightfully so, we assume that we need these things in order to feel that sense of shleimus. But perhaps we don't think of it that way. We think of ourselves as lacking the thing that we don't have, whatever it is. And this is not to suggest that the yearning for children, the yearning for a loving relationship with a spouse, that these things are cheap. They certainly aren't. These things are sacred. But my point is we tend to focus and to center our attention on the thing that we do not have, whatever it may be. And usually it's because we don't have that thing that we are blocked off from experiencing the shleimus that we want to have. And it seems that the point is that we should yearn and daven and ask for the shleimus that we lack. Yes, you can ask Hashem, please grant me a child. You can ask Hashem, please grant me a shidduch. And we should daven for people who are waiting for children. We should daven for people who are waiting for shidduchim or people who need to um, find fulfillment in their marriage. These are all important things that you need for life. But beyond that, who knows that even if we do have these things, who knows what we'll be lacking next? So what it really pays to do is to daven for the one thing that both Rachel and Leah lacked, and that was the sense of shleimus. This isn't to say that they didn't have any sense of happiness. Leah was happy to have her children. Rachel must have had a certain sense of happiness to feel the love of her husband. But sometimes, as Haman put it, it's not, it's not worth anything to me. I'm chashev kemes if I don't have the thing that I need. So the point is that we should hope and yearn for whatever it is. We should be able to be comfortable within our own shoes no matter what happens. We ask Hashem that He should grant us the shleimus that we lack. Yes, fill in the void with whatever it will take to give us that shleimus. We don't know what Hashem's plan is for us. We don't know if we're meant to pass this trial and not be given what we want, or if we're meant 
to somehow have the trial reversed. But the point is that Hashem is the one that's in charge. And what we want from Him, no matter what, whether infertility is answered, whether singlehood is answered, or any other, any other, other of those nisyonos are answered, we want Hashem to allow us to keep going and grant us that sense of shleimus. It's fascinating to note that Hashem has an interesting way of working things, that we do see that by the end, Leia and Rachel, they do get to those points that they wanted to be at, that Leia, where does she get buried in her afterlife? She spends it next to Yaakov Avinu in the Mara Samach Pela. And Chazal tell us, where does Rachel Imenu end up? Rachel Imenu, she ends up on the roadside in Kever Rachel, where she can be Mavakal Baneha, that she can cry for her children, that all of the children of Klaistral are attributed to her. She's buried by her children, and Leah is buried by her husband. Sometimes, I guess, they say, as they say, all is well that ends well. But the point is that Rachel and Leah, by the end, were able to reach that sense of Shlemus, and we should be Zoha to reach that same Shlemus.